Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD from UncoveringIntimacy.com. Today, we're talking about how to help your husband be more assertive in bed. So stay tuned. Now, for those of you who have listened to this podcast before, you know that uh, it has been a long time since I've posted an episode. Uh, it's been over a year, sadly. Uh, I was trying to do more, but frankly, I just kept not finding the time. But I think I might have a block of time now every once in a while where I can do this. It just so happens all my kids are off at swimming lessons with my wife who takes the time to go to the gym. And so I am at home alone and I might actually manage to get through this entire recording. We'll see. So today we're going to talk about how to help your husband be more assertive in bed. Because I get a lot of emails and questions from wives saying that they you know, they wish their husband was just more confident, more assertive, more kind of dominant, but not in that kind of domineering way. Uh, and this is, shouldn't be any surprise to anyone. I mean, uh, romance novels are full of men who just basically take what they want, this whole kind of ravish idea. And that's why women get sucked into them. Uh, the whole craze of Fifty Shades of Grey that went through in the last couple of years, uh, again, uh, is very strongly based on this idea that uh, men want confident, or sorry, women want confident men in the bedroom. I mean, men want confident women too, but, uh, it's the women lately who's been speaking up a lot more. Uh, so I got a lot of questions asking, you know, how can I help my husband do this? Uh, how can I help him be more assertive, more confident, uh, yeah, more dominant? So I came up with uh, a bunch of ways. Uh, I've got about 11 of them here, and I may come up with more as I talk. We'll see. So the first one is uh, simply give him more opportunities. Uh, it's really hard to be assertive and dominant and confident when you're rarely having sex. Uh, you basically need to have these opportunities where you can try something new without being afraid that you're going to mess up one of the few times that you actually have sex together that month or that year, whatever the case is. So, uh, yeah, first off, it just needs more opportunities to have sex. Uh, that way he can, can kind of reach beyond his comfort zone a bit and not be so worried that if it doesn't go well, then he's just ruined it for a while. Uh, the second thing is in giving him more opportunities is to ask him kind of what he wants. Uh, you can kind of lead him to be more leading almost. Uh, you could do this a couple of ways. Uh, one would be, uh, kind of play the would you rather game. I don't know if you ever did this as teenagers, uh, but you kind of ask, well, you know, would you rather have this scenario or this scenario? Uh, but you can do this in bed too. You know, would you rather, uh, have sex in the missionary position or doggy style or me on top. And that way he can pick one. And it's kind of like he's choosing. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a baby step in the direction of him being, uh, more assertive. Ideally, you, you, a lot of women would like to get to the point where he just says what he wants, but this is a way to kind of bridge that gap and take some baby steps. 
Now, one of the problems that people tend to run into with this is that they don't exactly know what's kind of allowed or on the table all the time. And if you're struggling to kind of have those conversations or you've never really talked about, you know, where are your sexual boundaries together? Because some people might say, oh, well, you know, I'm not okay with certain activities or whatever. So uh, if you're looking for a tool to help you with this, uh, check out our website at uncoveringintimacy.com. There is a product in the store called a Sexploration List, and it is a giant PDF, basically, of a whole bunch of activities and words you can use during bed and a whole bunch of things uh, to kind of help you start having those conversations. Uh, people who have bought it... Uh, absolutely love it they said it's the some of them say it's the first time they're having real conversations about these things in our in their marriage other ones say that you know we we talk about marriage all the talk about sex all the time but we've never kind of had a list we don't know what the options are because a lot of people are coming into marriage with no prior sexual experience which is great but it does kind of lead to the question of well what can we do so i've kind of built a list of all the things I could think of uh, and all the things I've heard of um, that are, I believe, morally acceptable and not against the Bible. So there's nothing like threesomes in there or public sex or anything like that. So if you're interested, you can check that out. So that was the first one. Give him more opportunities, you know, kind of ask him what he wants. That uh, gives him more opportunities to kind of... Uh, make decisions and try to be more assertive. The second one is when he actually does do the, something, you know, lay on the compliments. Uh, you, you can put them on kind of pretty thick without being uh, kind of patronizing. So, uh, you know, when he does suggest something, you know, try to be enthusiastic about it. Uh, the next morning you could say, oh, that was really fun. I loved it when you did whatever or when you suggested this. Because uh, that's kind of how our brains uh, learn to reprogram themselves. So when we do something and then we get a reward, which a compliment is a huge reward, seeing your wife be enthusiastic in response to something you do, again, another huge reward. Uh, that solidifies this idea in our brain that we should run this habit again, uh, this routine. So it will help him be more dominant and get past you know, some of the barriers that a lot of stuff in our society tells us as men that we should not be more assertive and more dominant, more confident. Uh, we're kind of taught to always kind of take a second or take a back seat to uh, what women want. So when he actually expresses what he wants and is more assertive, you know, yeah compliment him, make sure he, he wants to do that again. Uh, number three is kind of the opposite of this. You know, don't question his request unless there's a really good reason to. Often men can take uh, questions as a kind of a negative response. Like it feels like you're being uh, attacked or uh, what's the word? Not interviewed, interrogated. That's what I'm looking for. So if you start to interrogate him after he says something, so if he says, for example, oh, I, I would like you on top, and you start saying, well, why do you want me on top? Well, I don't want to do it. Don't you want to do this instead? You know, next time he's not going to ask. He's just going to shut down and just wait for you to decide. Um, even if you're asking for clarification, just be very careful that you word it in a positive way. Um like you can say things like, oh, well, would you like me on top like this or like this? Um, but don't say something that like could be misconstrued as a negative uh, response. 
Uh, it's just kind of, yeah, the opposite of number two of like uh, when he hears like anything that could be misconstrued as negative, uh, it's gonna do the opposite effect on his brain and tell his brain, you know, don't do this again. It, it leads to pain. So number four is be enthusiastic to comply, uh, with what he's asking. Now, and I know some women are going to say, well, isn't it enough that he just do what he asks? And the answer is probably no, not if you're actually trying to gain a new behavior. Uh, if he's already assertive, then you can probably get away with that. But if you're trying to help him kind of rewire his brain, uh, that means you kind of have to go a little bit over the top. Uh, and certain things, even if you're going along with what he says, if you do things like sigh or you make a face or you drag your feet like you're, you're slow to react or you roll your eyes, uh, that's all going to be seen as a, a negative response is that you're doing it kind of out of obligation or out of, out of duty because he wants you to, not that it's something that you actually want to do. And that's a problem for a lot of guys because, uh, for us, uh, at least for myself, and I know there's a lot of guys who think the same way, uh, we are more interested in our wife being pleasured than in ourselves. So when we're trying to be more assertive, it's to try to bring you more pleasure. So if you're sighing and making faces, dragging your feet, rolling your eyes or whatever, then we feel like we failed, that we've made a decision that was wrong. And so the next time it comes across to try to make a decision, it's going to be harder. So instead, uh, yeah, have a good attitude, you know, a smile about it, a smile when he makes a request. Cause guys love to get smiles from women, uh, especially their wives. I mean, that's like the best thing in the world. Uh, uh, other things are like, you know, lean in, like all these like body language, uh, things that are like, you know, don't like cross your arms, don't try to hide or whatever. If you lean towards him, that's uh, more of a showing that you're interested. Um, uh, just kind of do things to, uh, make him show that, uh, not only are you enthusiastic about it, but, uh, you're interested in it. Uh, sixth one is to be vocal. Um, Sex in silence is uh, very kind of scary to a guy because it means that we have to pick up a lot more stuff purely from body language and facial expressions, which, by the way, if you're having sex in the dark, is even harder to do. So uh, if you are going to have sex in the dark, at least try to speak up unless you're going for like trying to be silent because there are people nearby and then, well, that's a whole different story. But... Uh, yeah, be more vocal if you're trying to get him to be more assertive. You know, give feedback, especially when he's doing well. Again, try not to uh, share too many things that might be seen as negative. Um, if something's not good, try to phrase changes as a positive. So instead of saying, ow, that hurts, or say, can we move to this? It would feel better. Um, you could try talking dirty if you're not comfortable with that or you don't know how or you want to learn. Um, we do have a guide in our store that is, frankly, it's explicit. Uh, that's <laughs> It kind of has to be for the topic, but I try to do it in a very informative and less erotic way, if that makes sense. Um, people who have gotten it say it's great and they love how I managed to handle the topic. Uh, so... You can check that out. Uh, again, it's at the store at uncoveringintimacy.com. 
And lastly, uh, you can ask him to speak up when he's enjoying something. Uh, you know, you can ask him questions like, you know, are you enjoying, like, do you like this? Does this feel good? Would you like it better if I, if, uh, I did this instead? You know, it kind of helps show that you're, you're, uh, invested in it and that you want it to feel better. So along with this, uh, number seven is kind of like handle kind of the less ideal situations with grace. Uh, lots of times when something doesn't feel great, uh, people have a tendency to like just tense up and kind of push away. And that is a very strong, like negative, uh, reaction to get as a guy because that it, it feels not just that you don't like that, but you don't like kind of what I'm doing, you know, and it, it becomes very personal. And I get like, sometimes you can't, you can't help it. Uh, if something tickles, it's hard not to kind of thrash. If something hurts, it's hard not to kind of jerk and pull away. But if you can manage to do it, uh, you know, trying to find a way to like adjust, uh, that isn't like a pulling away, but more of a, a melting into something else. Um, and I'm not sure how else to explain that better. Uh, but hopefully you understand what I mean. Uh, just try less of like these like knee jerk, like pulling back reactions and more of a like, yeah, kind of like a melting into something else. All right. Uh, number eight is to talk about your expectations and your turn ons beforehand. Uh, if he doesn't have to kind of guess what you like and what you don't like, then that is extremely handy because then he kind of understands the boundaries, uh, that he can work within. You know, it's like having a game and understanding the rules versus not understanding the rules. If you don't understand the rules, you're going to not be as confident in the game. Uh, because yeah, you don't know what you can and can't do. So I talked about this a little earlier. Like I said, we have that exploration list on our website. Uh, you can check it out. And another way is to write an, er write an erotic story, uh, for your spouse or write it together. Um, I have a post on this on the website. I honestly don't remember the name. I will try to stick the link in the show notes and in the posts for this podcast. But, uh, Basically, just uh, kind of write a scenario of what would be something that you find it would be a turn on for you or an arousing scenario. And that way, uh, if you're trying to incorporate something new or uh, if you wanted him to try something, then he knows that it's already something that turns you on. And you know what? It may not work out, uh, but at least he knows you won't be offended by him trying. And then that can give him a lot more confidence and help him be more assertive when actually pushing towards that. Another way it would just be to flat out say, you know, I think it would be hot if we did X, Y, Z. And that way he knows that he can initiate that without uh, worrying that, yeah, then that's going to be beyond a boundary or something like that. You know, anytime that he can kind of know what's expected, uh, that can ease his anxiety. And for a lot of guys, uh, this may be uncomfortable for women, but he may need a fair bit of detail, uh, which I know a lot of women aren't really comfortable doing that. They'd rather just be vague and have him figure it out on its own, but that's not really fair. Uh, he can't really be expected to guess what's in your mind. Uh, we're not mind readers, neither are you. And so, uh, yeah, give him as much detail as you can manage. And uh, even if it's uncomfortable, kind of get used to how get used to having uncomfortable conversations uh 
that's generally a good mantra for most marriages. All right, number nine is turn the lights on. Uh, like I said earlier, it's a lot easier to be confident when you're not fumbling in the dark. Uh, if you can read her facial expressions, if you can read uh, her body language, if you can actually see where your fingers are, because, uh, yeah, sometimes you think you're somewhere where you're not. Uh, but that can help be a lot more confident. Uh, if you've ever accidentally, like, snagged a nipple because you just thought you know it was an inch somewhere else uh that hurts and then it can kind of throw a whole thing off and then you suddenly feel less confident and anxious and everything like that but if you have the lights on then that's much better uh if you as a wife are not comfortable with the lights on uh, what I tell them is to, well, you know, you put on a blindfold and that way the lights can be off for you and on for him. And uh, as silly as that sounds, I know people who have tried it and said, wow, that that really works. Because then uh, for some reason, them being blindfolded, folded, uh, some of that whole body image stuff just kind of goes away because it's kind of like, um, you know, three-year-olds when they like cover their eyes and say, you can't see me. Um uh, I'm not sure we 100% ever grow out of that. Uh, we kind of believe that if we can't see other people, they can't see us sometimes. So, turn the lights on. If it scares you, wear a blindfold. Number 10 is uh, talk about uh, talk about sex when you're not having sex. Uh, so, while there is like dirty talking and like sharing what you want and saying, hey, it would be hot to do this, you know, all that foreplay stuff. Um, Talk about stuff when you're not aroused and when things are cold. And it's harder. It's more awkward, especially the first time. But you can talk about things that are like, hey, that went really well last night. I like this and this and this. It would be even better maybe if we did this and this. Or if you just changed this. Or if you said this differently. Uh, and you can phrase these things in ways that are not kind of negative, but more positive. Like, don't start saying, oh, you could have done this better. But instead, if you said, that was really hot last night, I think it would be even hotter if we did this or if you said this. You know, that's uh, it's, it kind of already starts them on a, compl a compliment and tells them that they did a good job and then gives them t the tools to um, do an even better job, which who doesn't like that? Then you know how you can e win even better. And uh, the last one is uh, take a lesson from improv. If you've ever watched an improv show, uh, like Whose Line Is It Anyways, or honestly, I can't remember some of the other ones. But uh, I'm told the first rule of improv is always answer everything with yes and dot, dot, dot. So if possible, never say no to a request, but also uh, try to answer with a yes and. So... If he says, hey, I'd like to have you on top, you can say yes, and would you like me to do this as well? Or if you need to switch it, just say, yes, that would be hot. I think it would be hotter if we did this. You know, that way, uh, if you use an and instead of a but, it, it changes things. Uh, um, I've been told once that kind of using a but negates everything beforehand. So if you say, oh, I like that idea, but I'd rather do this, we tend to hear that as a, I don't like your idea and I'd rather do this. But if you say an, a, use an and instead and say, I like that idea and 
I think this would be even better, then it's not kind of dismissing the first one, but saying, yes, that's a great idea. And that made me think of this even better idea. For example, maybe you went to the gym today and did a whole bunch of lunges and squats and everything else and went run for a run. And so basically today was leg day and your legs are exhausted. And he says, oh, I, I would like to have you on top. And you could say, yes, I'd love to do that too. And I will on a day that my legs aren't exhausted. Can we do this instead? You know, that is not a, that that's a bad idea. It's just saying, yes, that's a great idea. I just can't do it today. So there you go. There are my kind of 11 ways to help your husband be more assertive and dominant in bed. And I know there are probably many other ways. Uh, if you have an idea, uh, you can head over to our website, uncoveringintimacy.com. Uh, you can find this podcast. Uh, there's a link in the menu for a podcast. If you're listening to this soon, then it'll probably be the last one. If not, you might have to go looking for it. It'll be called uh, something like helping your husband be more assertive in bed. Other than that, uh, you know, while you're on the website, you can subscribe to our newsletter. That way you'll get notified of any new podcast as well as posts. Sometimes we do videos of toy reviews, unboxings, things like that. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or anywhere else, we'd love to have a review. Uh, it helps other people kind of know what we're about and if it's helped you. Uh, also, uh, we have a Patreon page over at patreon.com slash uncoveringintimacy. That is for all of our uh, fans who want to support us in this ministry. Uh, it takes quite a bit to keep everything going, uh, from hosting uh, our email to our website to our podcasts to uh, graphics that we need for uh, media to uh, pretty much everything that we do uh, costs something in some way. Uh, there's not much you can do free anymore. So if you uh, really want to see us going and you want to help us out in our mission, uh, you can check out our Patreon uh, page there. Um, some people just give a dollar a month. And honestly, if everybody who listened to this and everyone who read our blog gave a dollar a month, then we could do this full time. And that would be amazing. Uh, but not many people do. So for the people who do, we do we give uh, you access to our secret Facebook page which uh or facebook group and it's a smaller community there's about i think about 30 people in there right now that uh they kind of get to see behind the scenes uh of what's going on for example i posted uh my talking points for this uh, this podcast episode a while ago so that they could help and contribute and give some ideas uh, they also get to see the posts before anybody else does. They get to kind of help vote on what we do moving forward. They're my sounding board, and uh, it's kind of like the backstage pass. So if that has any interest to you, check out our Patreon page. Uh, you can also find us on social media. All the links are on our website at uncoveringintimacy.com. And that is it for now. If you want to hear more of these, uh, I'd love it if you'd let us know. Yeah, you can just comment on our blog. Uh, on the post for this one, or you can email me at j un at uncoveringintimacy.com. That's it for now. Hopefully we'll get another podcast out in less than 12 months. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>